Good morning, everybody. Thanks for joining me this morning. Today is a very special day. One I could say uh, has been highly celebrated in my home my whole life. I want to wish my mom, Alicia, a very happy birthday. You know, I talk about my mom all the time and what an amazing rock star she is. So I will definitely want to give her a giant happy birthday shout out from everyone here at Sterling Global Solutions and all of our listeners here on Coding with Christine Hall. Um, Mom, I'll be seeing you a little bit later for lunch, okay? So totally off topic, but can we talk about the weather for just a minute? I mean, no offense to anybody out there, but let me tell you that our South Florida weather obviously needs a 12-step program, okay? Listen, today, the high is 77. Saturday, the high is 54. And Monday, it's 66. Like, we have a 10-degree difference almost daily. Now, some of you are used to the cold and you're laughing at us right now because you know that anything under 70, we're all bundled in our hoodies and, and our, our Florida Parker, Parker parkas and uh my heater's on by the way yeah it's it's on so definitely uh that's a difference speaking of do you like my new shirt see my new shirt sterling global solutions uh my sister had this made for all of us for christmas and this is the first opportunity i've had to wear it today to show you but uh yeah thanks to my sister um now december and january they have been inspired by compliance. We've been talking about how you've been really doing compliance your whole life, right? Trying to kind of desensitize that, that strong word compliance there. So um, you've also been a compliance manager at some point in your life, whether you've recognized it or not. Um, it's only when we call it by its name compliance that we deflect, right? Oh, no, no, no. Administration handles that. Um, that's not my job. I don't do compliance. Well, what we've been talking about over the last couple of, of, of episodes here is that compliance really is everyone's job, right? So last time we met, we talked about um, implementing policies and procedures. You know, what we do, the policy how we do it, the procedure, um, and setting some expectations for people to reach and to succeed, right? And then what happens when those expectations aren't met, right? So um, here's where we come to that proverbial fork in the road. Sometimes we need to re-educate or reprimand or even maybe replace. Now, these solutions are all going to be contingent on the severity of the failed expectation. You know, for example, failing to collect a copay a couple of times, maybe that warrants a reminder or some re-education, right? But failing to collect copays after the reminder, that might lead us to one of the other two R's, you know, depending upon, again, the severity of it. Um, I'm always very cautious with the replace. A good help is really hard to find. And in today's climate, um, 
you know, it's really a challenge. Any help is a challenge to find. So having some effective education and training is going to be imperative. Now, not all providers or all employers, I should say, not all employers always provide us with the education that we need. And so most of us, we are out there searching for opportunities. Um, I participate in a lot of Facebook groups and some from national organizations, and they have coders from all over the industry. I caution anybody before, uh, when you're seeking advice, education on Facebook can be very subjective. Make sure that you're asking for a link to a recognized resource before you follow those recommendations. Um, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of really knowledgeable people out there. I follow all these wonderful people on all the social medias there. Um, they're out there just trying to be helpful and to share their experiences, but there's no guarantees that their experience is correct. So often I hear, well, you know, Barbara or Lisa or, uh, you know, Tony on Facebook told me that I could submit all my nurse practitioner claims under my doctor for a higher payment. Come on. You know that there's some people out there. They say, well, we've been doing it this way for years. Um, or the insurance company keeps paying us. So if it wasn't right, they wouldn't pay us. Or my absolute most disdained comment, and it really makes the hairs on my neck stand up. That's how we get paid. Okay, well, my first go-to for information is usually CMS. Now, contrary to popular belief, they don't rule the medical billing and coding world, but they are very protective of other people's money. And we all have a stake in that game. Tomorrow, when you get paid, Take a look at your paycheck stub, right? See how much you personally have contributed to the Medicare fund or the Social Security fund that regulates CMS. So we all have a stake there. Um, not only do I go to CMS for advice, but I also have them send me updates. Now, they don't miraculously show up in your inbox. You have to go to the CMS website you have to go to register for your emails and updates. Uh, here's a link that you can go to on CMS site. And I started counting last night how many options there are to have CMS send you information. And there are probably 40 different options to have emails sent. Now, you don't want to bombard yourself with all the emails. So don't click all. Some of it is irrelevant to you. Maybe it's about, uh, you know, law or, or maybe it's about um, new benefits that are coming to a specialty or to a benefit category that you don't even participate in. So kind of go through there and select uh, what you really need. So I usually always select those MLN uh, updates that are coming through. The MLN updates come directly from transmittals that CMS is advising your MACs and uh, entering into your internet-only manuals new guidance. 
So that one is a big one, MLN updates, right? So when you go to that website, go through there and see which one of those updates is important to you. Um, CMS will send you information on anything that you are interested. Uh, another benefit that CMS has is that they do offer free education. And who better than CMS is qualified to give us that information? They are very influential on payer policies, especially those Medicare Advantage payers. They usually have a tendency to follow the guidance of CMS there. So that's that's always a, a great place for it to start to gather knowledge or to receive education or training. Now, let's talk about education. So I know that you receive dozens of emails, if not daily, weekly, that are offering you educational opportunities. And sometimes they're free and sometimes they're let's just say they're just up there in price, right? For most of us that are out there working for a living, uh, you know, it's going to be a decision if we're going to go with some of those higher priced educations there. So, and the cost of the education doesn't always equal the quality of the education. So let's talk about uh, some other opportunities that are out there. Many of those emails that you receive, they do offer CEUs, um, which after you've seen my name and all those certifications back there, you know that I need a lot of CEUs every year. Um, be strategic about your education. Don't just sign up for diagnosing cardiothoracic procedures um, just because you need a CEU or just because it's free. If that's not your role in the facility, Let's say your code for GI in a large provider practice, that hour and a half that you spent listening to cardiothoracic webinar was really of little or no advantage to your career besides that CEU, right? So um, alternatively, you can look to the, the organizations, AAPC, AHIMA, many of them have Facebook pages or LinkedIn pages and they promote their educational events. Often your medical societies and associations or your specialty societies, like the American College of Gastroenterology, they will offer educational events. GI is my favorite organ system, I'm not gonna lie. Mm. Um, also look at other places like event hosting sites. I use Eventbrite. That's how you got here today, right? So Eventbrite also advertises other events that are either in your area or that match the criteria that you're looking for. Um, another wonderful, wonderful opportunity is for you to look at your MAC. Now, your Medicare Administrative Contractor. And you know, those are divided up geographically, right? So uh, those of you that are in California, you have Noridian. If you're in Texas, you have Novitas. In New York, you have um, NGS, right? And here in Florida, we have First Coast Service Options. They take care of Florida, the Virgin Islands, and Puerto Rico. They process all the Medicare claims for Medicare, and they, and they provide us with such good, good information. So if you're not familiar with where your MAC is, 
then you want to take a look uh, at the Mac webs, the Mac map. Oh my gosh. Say that three times fast. Mac map, Mac map, Mac map. Okay. I got it. Um, <laughs> so here's a link for you to check out the, the Mac map. Yeah, I got it. And, uh, and see which Mac you belong to. Check it out today. There's an educational tab at every Mac and it will guide you to some free education, whether it be updates, uh, the quarterly updates that are coming in or uh, overall updates, LCD updates. And that's another place inside your Mac that you can go in and request updates and they'll be emailed to you. Again, you know, be strategic. Think about what's important to you, your specialty, your role within the specialty. Are you coder? Are you biller, right? Are you in administration, compliance? What role are you in and what's going to benefit you the most? Give you that biggest bang for the buck, right? Uh, another thing is that some of the certifying organizations like AAPC and AHIMA, they actually recognize all the CEUs from the MACs. And remember, those MACs, that education, those CEUs are free. They're provided to us. So it's a wonderful opportunity for you to gain specific knowledge and benefit with CEU opportunities there. So um, go ahead and sign up for those emails and those educational events, CMS and your MAC, right? Um, this is not all about CEUs. Uh, I wanted to share some uh, important, the importance of an effective education and training. There are some trainings that we in our careers are imperative. I mean, there's just some things that we really need to make sure that we are checking these boxes annually, that we are getting education on CMS final rules. And, and check those out for your specific services. So whether you work for an inpatient setting or home health setting or hospice setting or the provider fee schedule setting, right? All those professional services. Make sure that you're checking in and that you're attending some education to let you know what CMS's final rule in your services. So very important. Those are either revised or... Um, added services that CMS is giving us guidance on. The Medicare provider fee schedule this year was 2,414 pages long. So unless you've got the time to sit and read these final rules, attending an education annually where someone can break that down and present you that information, priceless, right? So that should be one of your go-to educations. The second go-to education should always be your ICD-10 updates. Now, that for me is really personal. And a lot of you that have listened to some of my webinars, I have shared this story with you. So back in the, uh, I want to say it was 2008, maybe 2009, not exactly sure the year. I should look that up one year, what year it exactly was. But um, that year, I owned a billing company. And when the new changes came out for ICD-9 at the time, you know, we had a limited amount of codes. The odds of something that I bill for changing, probably not, right? So that year, 
I remember thinking, hmm, I don't really need to attend any webinars on the changes. There's nothing really that's going to come my way. It's been years since I've had a new ICD-9 code uh, in the specialties that I was working in. Long story short, nothing was updated. And, and let me tell you that back in those days, 2008, 2009, the EMRs were not as um, up to date as they are now. They were not all cloud-based. A lot of them were server-based. And unless you received a, an, up, up, an update that you downloaded into the server, into the system, and you then you didn't have these updated codes like we have them now. Like we wake up on January 1st and wow, there's all these new codes. How wonderful are October 1st for ICD-10. Um, anyway, so long story short, get to the point, Christine. So um, didn't update any of the codes in my system. Working for a um, gerontologist, so uh, in a nursing facility, at a clinic at a nursing facility there that he would see all the patients at. Um, and I had submitted a pile of claims for patients who had a diagnosis of constipation. I know this sounds funny, but it, it was really traumatic for me. So bear with me, guys. 150 claims denied for constipation. Guess what it caused? Anyway, um, long story short, again, get to the point that CMS sent me a letter and said, look, you've wasted our time and it was your your responsibility to know these new codes and we processed all 150 claims for you and none of them went through because you didn't do your job and make sure that you were using the most up-to-date codes. And they were right. Honestly, it's, it's our job as coders and billers. Um, if we are submitting claims, we need to know that we're submitting claims with the most up-to-date uh, codes that are on there. So uh, constipation went from a four-digit code to a five-digit code. I went in, I updated everything. I sent a beautiful letter to CMS and said, I promise, I promise, I promise I will always attend a, a diagnosis code updating webinar every year and make sure that I'm submitting the most up-to-date codes. My job. Also, uh, another standard education that you should seek out annually is your annual CPT changes for your specialty or for your services that you're doing. So that way you know where all of the new opportunities are, or maybe a code that you've been using for a long time has had a revision, right? Or a deletion and a new code has been added in its place there. So attending those annual CPT changes every year is also very, very important. The last one, the last of the four that I'm going to recommend uh, to you is the is an annual compliance update. And, you know, not a lot changes. We did have some changes in 2020, I believe it was, or 2021. Those two years, I'm going to be honest with you, they are like one big year. I don't know where 2020 started and 2021 ended. That was... Whew, so somewhere in that period of time, we did have some compliance changes to the um, Physician Self-Referral Act, the Stark Law, and to the Anti-Kickback Law. Um, so it's important that annually we attend a compliance program. Just like we attend an annual OSHA program, we should also attend an annual compliance program. Repetition and knowledge of change it sticks for some reason. And, and again, we've been talking that compliance is everybody's job. 
everybody's a part of compliance. Whether you realize it or not, you are in an active compliance program. So round off those four. One is the CMS final rule for your specific services, the ICD-10 annual changes, the, I, the CPT annual changes, and your annual compliance updates. So those are your four big ones that I want you to do your best to try to get some information on annually. Make that your goal that you're going to attend those strategic types of education, but also, you know, another outside education that helps edify your role in your practice. So keep an eye out for that. Um, education should not be a one and done, right? In order for you to be your best in your career, you have to be constantly investing in yourself. And in a day of virtual education, this is um, probably easier than it's ever been. The investment is more of a time investment than necessarily a financial investment. So again, think about that. I know that um, AAPC just sent out an announcement yesterday that HealthCon is going to be virtual this year, which, you know, it has its pros and cons. I was kind of excited to be going to a live event, but it was going to be very costly to go to that live event. Um, and now virtually, there are so many more people that are going to be able to attend because they we've taken that financial cost out, that financial investment out, and we've added uh, a, an opportunity that is just based on time, right? But there, there is some financial cost, of course, for HealthCon. We're, we're talking, it's a, it's a major event that happens, but much more reasonable when it's just the registration cost. This is not a commercial for HealthCon, so just letting you know. Um, virtual education, it allows us to learn anywhere, in the comfort of your home, at the office, or even maybe at your child's football practice, right? So we've had we have this new world that has kind of opened up for us. Um, now, again, in a perfect world, your employer would pay and provide you with time and compensation for participating in education, but that's not everyone's reality. So as a biller, as a coder, as compliance, as an auditor, as an administrator, as a supervisor, as a manager, any of those roles, you know you have a responsibility to ensure that your claims are going out correct and that they are paid appropriately, regardless of who told you how to get it paid, right? <laughs> Besides doing it the right way, the correct way, there may be new opportunities that might benefit your practice. Imagine if you learned about a new code to report services that your practice is already performing. Maybe they're doing it as a courtesy to the patients and now they can get reimbursed. Or there's a new service that's available and it could generate a new line of revenue for the practice. Generating opportunities provides the practice with additional funds to have raises, bonuses, or maybe other types of promotions. So. There's always a, a, an upside to doing this. Lastly, um, look for reputable educators. Uh, a little self-promotion here. Um, if you are a member of AAPC or AHIMA, 
they have some great sources of education. Here is just a list of some of the AAPC chapters that I'm going to be presenting over the next couple of months. There's usually no or maybe a small nominal fee if it's a longer event to attend. Um, Sterling Global Solutions is also going to be hosting an Incident 2 webinar on March 11th. If you register today, you can use the promo code March 20th to get an additional 20% off. And then lastly, my very dear friend, Stacy Buck and I, uh, the world-renowned interventional radiology coder and myself will be hosting a two-day event and we're going to be covering everything about interventional radiology and on a separate day, everything diagnostic radiology, all the ins, all the outs, um, when you register for this amazing event, please use the promo code OPERATION22. Uh, I like that. That was kind of cute. Um, if you missed any of that information, it's going to be available below on the YouTube channel. It's also on our social medias, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. I think we also have an Instagram page. Take a look and see uh, what we've got to offer, but also remember to go to CMS, sign up for those updates, go to your Mac, sign up for those updates. And, you know, it's not a bad idea to check in with your professional societies, AAPC or AHIMA or any of your medical societies and see what events that they have coming up. Um, we know that now that we are virtual, you can attend anybody's event. So as you start to look for other chapters that are out there, you can see the opportunity to attend their events and their education. So be strategic. What education do you need? Be smart. Are there free CEUs available? And be diligent. Keep looking for those opportunities to improve. So uh, thanks again for joining me with Coding and Christine. Don't forget to check out our website for upcoming events, services, and we have an ever-growing blog now. So there's lots of things that uh, we've given you a little bit of information that might be helpful in your role. Maybe it's a question that you've been thinking about lately. On uh, the last couple of minutes that we have together, I do want to jump over to our comments and see if we have any questions today um, about choosing strong, effective education and training. Let's see. Oh, Yadi, you're in Puerto Rico. Buenos dias, mi amiga. Como estas? <gasps> Wonderful. Oh, this is great. Oh, my friend Craig says it's 16 degrees where he is. Stay warm. <laughs> and thank you for all the wonderful happy birthdays for my mom. You know, I wouldn't be here without her. All right, enough of the cheesy jokes. Um, I, I know this is, uh, it's getting to be a little bit much, right? Okay. Um, again, thank you so much. Make sure that you check us out for the two events that we have coming up, the Incident 2, one of the most misunderstood concepts. Uh, with the Incident 2 webinar, we're going to break down and show you real live scenarios on how to 
to do incident two correctly. We're going to talk about some of the other payers and what their models of incident two look like and when you can utilize that benefit with other payers besides Medicare. Um, and then again, if we are looking at uh, if you're in radiology in any form, shape, portable diagnostic, interventional radiology, uh, you have maybe you have radiology in your facility, you do x-rays or ultrasounds and things like that. You're going to want to check out that event. Lots of wonderful information for you and CEUs also. So if you're looking for that, this is a wonderful opportunity, guys. Um, thank you so much for being with me today. I really appreciate it. And I will see you again in two weeks. Thanks for watching.